Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. We made it to another weekend. This week, we're doing something a little different, but it's probably going to be familiar if you've been listening to the show for a while. If you have been tuning in to Nerdette over the past, you know, say, year and a half, you know we like to check in with Emily Landon every couple of months. We call Emily our resident epidemiologist, but her real job is that she's an infectious disease specialist at the University of Chicago. She always helps me feel a little less overwhelmed by what's going on with the pandemic, and we hope the same goes for y'all listening as well. We have questions. We know you have questions. We actually heard from a lot of you this time around. I feel like half my social media feed is people freaking out about the variants. What's the deal with the Mu variant? What the heck does mid to late winter mean anyway? Any advice you have that could shed some light would really, really appreciate it. Here, hopefully with some answers, is Nerdette's resident epidemiologist, Dr. Emily Landon. Emily, welcome. Hey, everybody. It's great to be back. It's so funny. I do feel like you're just a friend who I check in with now. I feel the same. Let's keep doing this, maybe without the (laughs) pandemic. Yeah, that would be really nice. So we asked Nerdette listeners to send in their questions. We got a lot of really good ones. Um, But first, um, last time you and I talked just for a little level set was in the middle of May. It was right after the CDC said that vaccinated people didn't need to wear masks indoors. A lot has changed since then. I know last time we talked, you had plans to go to Hawaii and Puerto Rico Were you able to make those trips happen? I did. I went to Puerto Rico with my son just for like sort of an extended weekend. And we, uh, it was great. We did, we didn't do a ton of stuff. We mostly sat by the pool and hung out at the resort, but it was really nice. It was a little bit terrifying, but also, you know, a little, it was okay. Everybody wore masks around us. We wore masks when we needed to, and it was, it was pretty good. We were outside a lot. We did tons of outdoor things. And that's exactly what is sort of the safest and best thing to do if you're going to travel in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, obviously, as I'm sure you're not surprised to hear, there's a lot of confusion around the fact that people are vaccinated, but the Delta variant is still obviously a thing. Um, A lot of people have questions about, you know, like the likelihood of breakthrough cases. I think we should start there. Let's listen to a voicemail we got. This is Emily. My question is, how likely are breakthrough cases for those who are fully vaccinated? Does it just depend on the level of community spread in an area Or are there additional factors that contribute to breakthrough cases? So, yeah, what do you think? Well, that's a great question. And we have some pretty good answers right now. So across the United States, CDC is telling us that the likelihood that a vaccinated person will pick up even a mild case of COVID is about one in 5,000, which is pretty low. So even though you hear a lot about breakthrough cases, they're not happening really all that often. Now, as as an epidemiologist and as a physician who manages this for a university and a hospital, I can tell you that there are some factors that increase the likelihood of having breakthrough infection if you're a vaccinated person. And so there are things you can do to minimize those. First of all, 
being up close and personal with people that have COVID, even if you're masked. So if they're unmasked and they've got COVID and you're masked, that's not going to provide you the same level of protection that you want. But the vaccine plus the mask is going to be better than an unvaccinated person with a mask Mm -hmm. on. But if you're really up close with people who are unmasked who have COVID, that could put you in harm's way. Mm -hmm. But the biggest place where people are getting breakthrough infections is from people at home. So Mm -hmm. close contact with people that you live with that have COVID. And so if you've got kids that can't be vaccinated that are high risk and they're, you know, doing a lot of high risk activities, Mm -hmm. um, then they definitely are going to put you, if they get COVID, you're, you're going to get, you're probably going to get COVID. We're seeing breakthrough infections and that's Mm -hmm. probably because of the dose you're getting in. So there's two pieces here. She's right about community spread. The more community spread that there is, the more likely it is that someone near you is going to be breathing out a lot of COVID and Delta makes people really contagious. They have so much, they, they have such a high viral load. They're, they're breathing out so much COVID during their peak times that can overwhelm the vaccine. Mm-hmm. When people wear masks, that cuts down on the amount of COVID that they're putting into the environment. So that really makes a big difference. So avoiding unmasked people where you don't know their vaccine status is, you know, step number one. Yeah. And step number two is helping keep your family and the people that you live with safe. So if you've got roommates or other people in housemates or family members that aren't vaccinated, it's time to pull out all the stops and get them as vaccinated as you can. That makes sense. So we heard from a listener who works at a university where uh, students are required to be vaccinated, but apparently they're still testing students frequently for COVID, whether or not they're symptomatic. And she was wondering if that's necessary and if so, why? So the CDC recommends that you not routinely test vaccinated individuals who don't have any symptoms. Okay. And um, unvaccinated people, if there are unvaccinated people because they have a medical contraindication or they have a sincerely held religious belief, then they probably need to be tested every week. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the meat of what President Biden recommended in his mandates. He recommended mandates that allow people to opt out if they have a good reason, but then they have to get tested every week. When you test vaccinated people, that even though there are some breakthrough cases, the likelihood of getting a breakthrough case is like eight times lower when you're vaccinated. And I told you one in 5,000. Mm-hmm. The likelihood of a false positive may be higher than that. Right. And so you may end up in a situation where you're having a lot of people quarantined or sent home or, you know, um, out of commission in a situation where you really don't need that because a lot of them mm-hmm. are false positives. And if you've got people masked and you keep symptomatic people out of the workplace and out of the, the college union or the, the quad, so to speak, you know, then you're really those people that are asymptomatic are unlikely to be too much of a problem. Now, mm-hmm. there are certainly a lot of people out there who want to rely on testing and, and really feel like testing is, I think for them, it might be a little bit more of a security blanket. And sure, it does detect more cases, but some of those people that they're detecting aren't actually sick and don't actually have COVID. It's really hard to tell the difference between false positive mm. and true positive yeah. in an asymptomatic vaccinated individual. Hmm. That makes sense. Um, Katrina has a great question. Let's hear it. Hey, Nerdette, this is Katrina from Chicago. What's the deal with the Mu variant? (laughs) Mu. Yeah. Mu. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to run out of um, Greek letters at some point. Here's what I've been saying about the Mu variant. So if you imagine that um, the Delta variant is the Michael Phelps uh, variants. Oh, okay. The Mu variant is like a really great (laughs) 14-year-old. Okay. Like, 
in the right it's setting got potential. without any without any Michael Phelps swimming that 14 year old could do pot. could be really great but <laughs> mm-hmm. if Michael Phelps is in the pool then it's not working out so what's been happening is that there is mu and it's, it's spreading in, in communities where there isn't delta you're seeing or before there was delta you saw big infections related to mu but in the US the introductions have not been sustained and not really picked up steam probably because they're being outcompeted by delta aside from alpha, which was the alpha, you know, <laughs> to our delta, um, it, it is, uh, delta seems to be winning. And I, I've said before that I, I think that there'll be a, an, out, an uptick in the Midwest uh, in the winter, like we saw last year, because people sure. will be inside and there'll be less yeah. ventilation and whatnot. Yeah. And I wondered what variant it was going to be. But now that we're into September and it's still delta, 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 I think, I think it's going to just be more delta. And so I think, um, I think that's what we're going to see when we lose that advantage that we get from the ventilation of the good weather. Speaking of doing stuff indoors, we had some questions about indoor dining. Let's get to those right after the break. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org/events. So eating inside restaurants, we got a lot of questions about this one. It's something I'm super confused about, too. Uh, Alex called in with a really good question about it. Let's take a listen. There are some restaurants in my area who are only letting people do indoor dining if they can provide proof that they have been vaccinated. That sounds safer to me, but I'm curious if it actually is any safer, given the fact that the vaccine doesn't actually stop transmission of the Delta variant. I want to go to those restaurants. Those, those are the places where I would feel safe eating. So remember, just because the vaccine does allow some people to occasionally get sick and be able to spread COVID, it is way, way, way less likely. So back in your like high school science class, you remember this experiment with electricity where you could get electricity to flow through a lemon or through, you know, salt water, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. But then yeah, when you, and some things carry it better than others. Yeah. And then other things are like resistors, like rubber, right? Yeah. So vaccine is like rubberizing yourself to the current of COVID. Okay. okay. Sure. It might be able to travel through if you put a high enough signal in and you like, if you get a high enough dose and you've mm-hmm. got enough exposure, but it's unlikely to happen. And so Restaurants and places that um, require, like what they're doing in New York City and in parts of Hawaii now, if you mandate that people have to prove that they're vaccinated in order to come in and eat at your restaurant, it does two things. First of all, it reduces the likelihood of someone in that restaurant having COVID when they sit down to eat by a lot. Uh, sure, you know, that makes sense. eight times, it's eight times less likely. If they're eight times less likely to get any breakthrough infection, then it's they're eight times less likely to have COVID than if you mm-hmm. were eating in a restaurant where somebody was on vaccine. Um, so that, that's a big improvement. The other thing it does is it tells people that vaccination is a social norm. It changes the conversation about vaccination from one of, I get to decide what I'm going to do and screw you to one about you. If you want to be in this community, you're going to have to be vaccinated. And um, I think you could attract a lot of people. 
uh, by saying, you know, I'm only going to allow vaccinated people in my establishment because I would go eat in that establishment and I won't eat indoors otherwise. So what about a crowded space outside? I mean, I imagine like I know some festivals and stuff have tried to require vaccinations for outdoor things. But what about, you know, like someone wrote in and was wondering about running the marathon without a mask and like being in the crowds. Like, how do you feel about that one? So when you're within six feet of other people outside, you can still pick up COVID from them. When you're more than six feet away from somebody outside, you really can't um, unless they're really shouting and they're seven feet away. Okay. So like and facing you. So I think if I were going to do something like run the marathon, for example, um, if I was an elite Mm -hmm. runner, I would just, you know, be in the elite runner pack and, um, you know, run the marathon. But if I was not an elite runner, which I am most definitely not, I am not even going to run the marathon. Um, so I would probably bring as comfortable mask as I could and wear it when you're stuck in the, like in the, uh, I have run races before. So I know that you're stuck in these like sort of corrals, right? So yeah. when you're stuck in there and you're shoulder to shoulder, I would, I would have my mask on. And I think probably most other people should, there probably will be a lot of people out there that don't have their mask on. So you might want to think twice before mm-hmm. you did that kind of an event. If you are high risk for a bad outcome. Sure. Um, so of course we got a lot of calls from concerned parents wondering when kids will get the vaccine. Let's listen to Anne Marie. Hi, my question for Dr. Landon is when can we realistically expect vaccine approvals for five to 11 year old kids? What the heck does mid to late winter mean anyway? And why can't we seem to get a really good date on this one? I I have no idea what is going on with this. I mean, like, I don't, I'm so frustrated. Every parent is, I mean, my son is old enough to be vaccinated, but like, I mean, who is not frustrated by this? We, we do have some new information about this, which I, I'm not sure how far it's trickled down, but there was a big pediatric conference last week and, and a friend of mine was there and she said that they were told that the, they could expect Pfizer for five to 11 year olds by Halloween and oh, wow. Moderna for five to 11 year olds by Thanksgiving. And that Moderna full approval is next up even before the Pfizer five to 11 year olds. Wow. And I think, and there's even some question about whether or not they'll even bother with an emergency use authorization or just go ahead and full approve it. Um, I'm not sure about the the veracity of that part of it, but I do this Halloween and Thanksgiving number dates are ones that I've gotten. Now you're going to be asking about many people will then be like, well, what do I do about my kid under the age of five? I agree. Daycares are just as, you know, um, are, are an issue too. Uh, you have to you have to be selective about your childcare in that scenario, and then yeah. I think those are going to come in the winter, and that I have no additional data about. But I feel like Halloween is, you know, I, I know that like if you go into Target, it looks like Halloween is tomorrow. I know, but, yeah, um, it's coming if you, up. If you are me and you don't want to think about Halloween because that means having to figure out a costume and all kinds of stuff, then you know it feels further away. But it's probably somewhere in the middle. So you know that's what we're looking at. Um, Okay. I really hope that turns out to be true. Yeah, we'll all cross our fingers for that one. Um, we've got one last voicemail. Speaking of the holidays, let's hear from Sarah. I know it's a little early to be talking about Christmas, but I was really looking forward to going to see my family this year because I didn't last year. And with the Delta variant, I'm wondering you know, what your thoughts are about domestic travel. I am fully vaccinated, but Delta has just confused everything. So any advice you have that could shed some light would really, really appreciate it. This is the part of the podcast where we should probably talk about the fact that this whole idea that it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated is to a large extent true. The really dangerous outcomes are happening in people who are unvaccinated. But if you're a young, healthy person that's vaccinated, 
if you get COVID, it's probably not the end of the world. Likelihood of you having a long-term complication from that COVID is very low from everything we know. I can't promise you that it's nothing, but you're also really unlikely to get COVID, especially for domestic travel. If, if I was going to have contact with someone who's medically fragile or who's unvaccinated, I would probably be careful in the days that leading up to travel. But um, even as an immunocompromised person, I traveled twice domestically to like the furthest you can go domestically this summer and felt really confident and comfortable. Now, yeah. if they were to do something stupid, like take away uh, masks on planes or allow people with these like mesh masks, we've seen these, uh, it's really pretty bad. And to <laughs> go through then, then, you know, you, you'd probably want to be, you might need to replan the situation, but if things stay the way that they are, if they stay with really pretty strong mask mandates for domestic travel, I would love to see vaccine requirements for domestic travel. Um, mm. I think that would really encourage a lot of people to get vaccinated. And I think it would be the right thing to do. And um, I think both of those, you know, if we were to go that direction, that would be even better. But I think it is OK. Hmm. That's hopeful, though. I mean, that does. I don't know. That makes me feel a little better. Um, so one thing I've been thinking about a lot is that, you know, in a lot of ways, it kind of felt like we were backsliding with having indoor mask mandates again. And I completely understand why we do. And I think it makes a lot of sense. But it's made me wonder, like, it seems like a full lockdown this winter, especially as things get colder in a place like Chicago, doesn't seem super likely at this point. But I do wonder if you think that it would still make sense to like do a pod situation like you recommended last winter in terms of, you know, keeping the people who you're exposed to as limited as possible. I think that I don't think we're going to need any kind of shutdown. I think that fully vaccinated individuals are going to be just fine. I think that even unvaccinated individuals are going to be able to do the sort of activities of basic living that you need to do in order to get through your days without being at a lot of risk. But I think that individuals who are unvaccinated or people who want to be, you know, in a crowded bar, unmasked for extended periods of time are going to face a lot of infection. Hopefully that'll be vaccinated people that did that and got breakthrough infections mm -hmm. and they're just fine and it's not that big of a deal. But it's the unvaccinated. There's still a lot of people unvaccinated who are at risk for really seriously bad outcomes with COVID. And it's hard to know. While we can give you guide, general guidance about who's at highest risk, that does not mean that everyone else is at no risk. And I think it's so important for people who are unvaccinated to remember mm -hmm. that this winter is going to be tough. I think you'll see mass mandates go into effect when the case counts are higher because we need to keep things under control. And I think we're going to see rest, some restaurants and bars say only the vaccinated can come in here and we're going to separate the unvaccinated. That creates an even more deadly situation for the unvaccinated, by the way, if I wouldn't, wouldn't do that Oof, if I were you. Right. Oh, my so gosh. If, you know, at, if the numbers are going up again, trending up in the winter, I don't know that I would need to go to a complete pod. And certainly if you did go to a pod, that pod can be a lot bigger as long as everybody's vaccinated. Sweet. And so I think we're going to have a little lull. I hope we have a little lull here, a little valley before we get things bad in the winter. So take advantage. Emily, thank you very much. I do feel better. I really appreciate your time. Good. Thanks, guys.
All right, that's it for this week. I hope this episode helped offer some clarity for y'all during what is undoubtedly a very confusing time. I hope you hang in and stay safe this weekend. We will be back next Friday. And of course, in the meantime, you can keep in touch with us on the interwebs. We are at Nerd at Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And I am at Greta M. Johnson on Instagram and Twitter. And here's a question for you. Have you joined our Facebook group yet? It's called Nerdette Headquarters, and it's a great place to get to know other Nerdette listeners and chat about what you're into. You can join over at facebook.com slash groups slash HQ. This show is produced by me and Hannah Edgar with help from Anna Bauman. Our executive producer is Brendan Banazak. We will see you next week. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.